When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. And I've got a guest all the way on the East Coast in America, in Massachusetts. It's longtime promoter. It is none other than Sheldon Goldberg on Stu's Wrestling Podcast today. How are we, Sheldon? How are things? Stu, I'm great. It's good to see you. It's good to finally be here. I know we've been trying to put this together for a long time. Uh, I've been anxiously awaiting the chance to talk to you on your podcast, and I'm very happy to be here. Lovely, Jeffrey. Right, here we go. Yes, yeah, so obviously formulating New England Championship Wrestling, the inception of the company. I know it was many years ago. You've been around for so, so long. So, yeah, getting that rocking and rolling back in the day early on, how was that for you? Well, you know, it was uh, the reason that I started the company is the guy that I was in business with prior to that, uh, the late Boston bad boy, Tony Rumble. Uh, he had a company called originally the Century Wrestling Alliance. Later, it became NWA New England. And he died suddenly in, in November of 1999. And after that, I kind of kicked around a little bit. And and uh, one of my uh, good friends at the time was uh, former WCW referee Scott Dickinson. And Scott had encouraged me to start my own thing. And with his help, I started New England Championship Wrestling, and uh, uh, that was 23 years ago. So uh, a lot of things have happened in wrestling and out of wrestling since that period of time. But uh, the the independent wrestling world was very different back then than it is today. Now it was uh, we were sort of one of the the pioneering companies of independent wrestling. You know the uh, of what we there's been independent wrestling for forever, but mm-hmm. uh, the independent wrestling as we know it today really got started in the the, the late '90s, early 2000s, and um, you know, we were a, a part of uh, of of the 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 wave of that. So, um, you know, it was a it was uh, I, I it was a great experience. Something I, I don't. Uh, regret doing it all even though it wasn't always easy mm-hmm. um and you know like i say it was a lot different back then than it is now the the buy-in for starting a wrestling promotion now is a lot higher than it would have been back then i really started doing NECW on a complete shoestring in fact the entire history of the company is a complete shoestring strangely as that sounds but um you know, we were able to do a lot of cool things because of the timing, for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was kind of uniquely positioned at the time to, uh, you know, have, have had some notoriety in the wrestling business due to uh, uh, a couple of TV specials that I was uh, involved in. And, um, you know, I, I was more fortunate than anything else of being in the right place at the right time. 
timing is everything sheldon i've heard that many times from promoters that have been on especially guys i've had on from the uk here um, initially we're using a lot of local talent or you get names of the past in into the promotions or you know being in wwe etc wwf at the time or was it more you know regional wrestlers initially in the promotion it was uh, mostly regional wrestlers but we always had an open door you, you got to remember i started in 2000 so back then you know there wasn't there weren't a lot of independent companies so if you were a wrestler from another area and you wanted to work and you wanted to get some notoriety uh, you know i had written for wow magazine i had done two specials for the a e network one was called the unreal story of professional wrestling which at the time was the highest rated program in the history of the a e e network and the other was a, an episode of A&E's biography on Andre the Giant, which was the highest rated biography episode at that particular time. So I personally had a fair amount of, of, of notoriety going into mm -hmm. promoting wrestling and people sought me out. So we didn't just have local wrestlers. We had wrestlers mm -hmm. from all over the place. In fact, England, the UK specifically, was very important in the early going of New England Championship Wrestling. Uh, one of the stars who came in for us in the very early going on, the second show we ever did, was a gentleman from England. You know him very well, uh, the ambassador of British wrestling, Doug Williams. Absolutely. He had his very first match in the United States for New England Championship Wrestling. He came over for us a number of times. He was always great. And uh, along with him, we had people like um, Johnny Storm, Jody Fleisch, mm -hmm. Paul Tyrell, uh, some really great talent out of England. We were hip to England before mm -hmm. anybody else Absolutely. in the United States was hip to England. Absolutely, because so, they, were, they were wrestling for FWA over here at the time. Because yes. I remember, you know, I watched it. I watched everything, but sorry, I cut in then. I interjected when I shouldn't have done. Yeah, you know, um, we were just so fortunate. Um, uh, I had a, a very good friend who is now one of the Japanese announcers for WWE. His name is Shun Yamaguchi. And Shun uh, was, before getting involved with WWE, he was a photographer for a weekly Gong wrestling magazine in Japan. He was stationed in the United States. His brother was Wally Yamaguchi, if you remember Kai and Tai. Mm -hmm. In Absolutely. WWE, but Wally yeah. was very involved in magazines and promotions over in Japan. Shun was his brother, and he lived in the United States. Lived in Arlington, Massachusetts. Believe it or not, very close to where I live. So he uh, he contacted me. He says, "Hey, I've got a girl who who wants to wrestle in America, and and she's coming over here. And uh, you know, would you be willing to book her and help her find dates in, in other companies?" And I said, "Absolutely." And that girl was Sumi Sakai, who later became ROH World Women's Champion and so forth. She's a, a very interesting story in her own right. She had a very well-established career in Japan, but her dream was to wrestle in the United States. And so I was very pleased to be able to help make that happen for her. And she was a very big part of, uh, of the early days of New England Championship Wrestling. Her and another young lady by the name of Mercedes Martinez. She really got her, yes. her start uh, as far as wrestling goes. She was trained by Jason Knight, the former ECW television champion, but she really had her first significant matches 
and a little program with Sumi Sumi Sakai uh, in New England Championship Wrestling. So, uh, so we we were very fortunate. We had really good talent, and, and a lot of people who would come in just to to work for us. We had um, uh, a tag team from uh, Niagara Falls, from Toronto, Canada, uh, by the name of the All Nighters, and one of them so they, times was married to uh, Beth Phoenix, mm-hmm. who wrestled for us. So, you know, again, we had so many great talents who would come in and out. We had regulars and we had semi-regulars, people who would come in every now and then and have a few matches. And and they added a, a kind of a special flavor to what we were doing. So we weren't just local wrestling. We were something a little bit bigger than that. What would be your tips? I'm, I'm going forward a little bit here, obviously. Uh, what would be your tips for guys in in the modern in modern promoting? Now I know how much has changed. Um, it's been highlighted by a lot of promoters. You were saying about the financial side now, having to have broadcast, you know, companies in and things of that nature. I know OVW. It's come up in the Netflix documentary, hasn't it, about funding for it? Uh, and and I know uh, David Marquez as well is saying it's so so hard now in terms of getting funded. But yeah, what would be your tips? Dave is a good friend of mine and he's been a friend of mine for uh, quite a number of years. We've collaborated on a few things over the years. Um, Dave is one of the great promoters in the United States. I don't think he gets enough credit for the, the uh, uh, level of stuff that he does. Um, You know, it's difficult, you know, if you don't have big money, if you don't have big, big media, it's not easy to do. I mean, it is doable. It's not that it's impossible. It's just difficult. It requires, uh, you know, for me, when I started promoting, I had a regular job. You know, I, I wasn't doing it full time. I, you know, I had a regular job. I needed that regular job to fund what I was doing. So I had a regular job and a life outside of that, too. So it was very, very difficult to run shows, you know, once, twice, three times a month. We had a couple of runs on television. Um in in our area and uh to do that on top of a regular job you know it was really like working day and night you know i don't think people realize how difficult a task it is i don't even think our talent a lot of times realized you know the amount of work and the amount of sacrifice that went into doing you know what we were doing but i'm very proud of what we did you know the fact that we were able to do it at all is uh was a real accomplishment it's amazing on your part. I can only imagine how many hours, you know, doing doing your normal job and then doing the rest of it. And the amount of hours you must have had to put into it, you know. It's uh, it's hard enough, as you say, running it full time, isn't it? But, yeah, just incredible from you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it's it, you have to remember, you know, I was at the, the later years. I was not just promoting the live shows, but booking the shows and um doing voiceovers for TV and, you know, producing some of the little segments that would go into our television shows. And and toward the very end, I was actually editing the entire broadcast. So, um, you know, I I don't regret any of it. I I enjoyed doing all of those things and I enjoyed, you know, the product that we were putting out and I think it holds up. Um, But, you know, I always said to people that I was one of the luckiest people in the world. Because I, I had the 
opportunity to do something really cool with great people and a fan base that really appreciated what we were doing. So I, I consider myself to be very fortunate. And a lot of those fans still keep track of me today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm very, very grateful for that. I, I consider myself incredibly lucky. You're so well thought of in the business, Sheldon, as well, because I know a lot of people in the U.S. You really are. You're held, you're held in high esteem, honestly, because I know mutual people that you know. You really are. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. I always believe that you try to leave the business in a better place than how you came into it. I, I do this thing on Facebook, and you've probably seen it. You probably follow it. These posts yeah. called Advice for Wrestling Life. And I, I think in later years, what's happened to the independent wrestling business is that we've skipped a generation of, of people who um, – uh, were, you know, teachers and good examples and so forth. And, and that's kind of gotten lost. So you, you've got a lot of people who are coming into wrestling who are trained by people who really didn't have that, that much of a background and that much of a, a, a real professional base of knowledge. And so you get a lot of these young guys that are trying to make it up as they go along because they don't have the leadership. They don't have the example. So whereas somebody trains them to to wrestle, they don't necessarily train them to be wrestlers, meaning what is the etiquette of the business? What are the the do's and don'ts? What are the uh, things that you should look out for, the things that you should try to, to be aware of and so forth? And that's what I try to provide people with these posts, just giving them some insight from the point of view of a, a promoter and a booker and so forth. So, uh, and I get a lot of positive feedback on them, especially mm-hmm. from uh, some of the old timers who, uh, mm-hmm. you know, follow them. People like Tony St. Clair, uh, so God bless him. And Davey O'Hannon mm-hmm. people like that, who, you know, are, are, are people that, uh, you know, I, I've idolized and grown up watching. And of course I didn't get a chance to really see Tony St. Clair until Later on, looking at all world of sport tapes and so, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But uh, what a great talent he is. So, I, I'm, again, I, I feel very, very fortunate, and I, I want to try to give something back. If I'm not actually running shows, um, you know, I'm looking to try to, to keep my hand in and, and do some different things. Thank you for doing that as well. I, I just say I, I hear about it in the UK. Uh, there's been quite, quite the buzz about people not train correctly but expecting to be booked uh i know one guy that's trained over who's wrestling i won't name him um he, he's come out and said about how poorly trained people are and then they're expected to get bookings uh quite quite recently as well he was talking about this it's it's making it unsafe sheldon it's making it unsafe for the talent number one isn't it well you know it, it it's the times you know the, the world changes the business changes you can't help it it's just evolution. And, uh, you know, the, the best thing that we can do from our point of view, or at least from my point of view anyway, I can't speak for anybody else, but from, from my point of view, the thing that I can do is just pass on what I know, what I've learned, mm-hmm. and, and try to benefit people in, in that regard, you know. Um, you know, you, you, can't, you, you can't just lock up what you know and hold on to it. You know that that's not right. You you want to you want to bring that next generation along. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Absolutely. Now, you had two Irish talents many years ago. She told me about this privately when we were talking on Messenger. So you had a young Becky Lynch over in, in the Northeast there, and you also have Mr. Fergal Devitt, Finn Barrett, yes. Prince Devitt. So I'd like to hear about that, how that came to be so early on in their careers and getting hold of them and look how well they've done, look how superb they've become. Well, well the Fergal Devitt story is interesting. He, he reached out to me on MSN Messenger, of all things. <laughs> <coughs> Pardon me. No problem. So he reached out to me on MSN Messenger. Says, you know, I've heard of you. Uh, you know, I was trained by the same guy who trained Doug Williams, and uh, I have an aunt and uncle who live in 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 Watertown, Massachusetts, which is right near Boston, right near where I live. I says, I'm going to stay with them for three months, and and, and would you please book me and 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 help me out and introduce me to people? And he sent me a DVD of some matches, and I knew right away that that. He was special. That he was a great athlete and a great wrestler, and that he was going to do special things. And I said, absolutely, would help you. I'd book you on my stuff, and you know, help you uh, in other ways and so forth. And uh, so uh, he got here, and 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 much to the chagrin of the guy who was doing the booking for me at the time, I was not booking my own company at the time. Uh, he had wanted nothing to do with him. And I said, well, too bad. He's coming over here and you're stuck with him. And uh, he had his first match for us and just completely won everybody over in that one match. And uh, just a, a great, great kid. And, of course, with him, he was seeing uh, the artist now currently known as Becky Lynch at the time. So she came over here. And she worked on one of our shows. I think that was the first match she ever had in the United States. So, uh, And you can find that on our YouTube channel, NECW Wrestling on YouTube. Uh, yeah. It's part of something called the 20th Anniversary Collection, which is uh, 20 matches that represent 20 years of New England Championship Wrestling. Check that out. A lot of great stuff there. There's another series called NECW Legendary which uh, has some other matches. There's uh, a match with Fergal in there as well and so forth. So uh, some some great stuff that really sums up our history as a wrestling promotion if you, uh, you uh, have the time to check it out. And it's a YouTube playlist, so you don't have to go watch the whole thing through. You can skip around and pick the matches that you want to see. Very flexible, which is good as well. Absolutely, right. I'm all I'm all for that. I'm all for that. But yeah, could you have foreseen? I mean, obviously, you could see it with Fergal, with Finn. Could you have foreseen Becky Lynch having a stratospheric? Oh becoming, yeah, yeah, oh, a mile yeah. off. A mile she off. was, <laughs> you know, the guys were like trying to razz her and all that. She gave it right back to him. I mean, yeah. she took no mess from anybody. I knew instantly that she was going to do big things. And in fact, 
one of my friends at the time who was promoting uh, was a guy by the name of Dave Prezak who promotes Shimmer, mm -hmm. all women's promotion in the, in the United States, has a big reputation, as I'm sure you know. So he was saying, well, what about this Rebecca Knoxville? Do you think I should book her? I said, dude, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, I guarantee you she, she's great. So uh, he ended up booking her, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. So it's incredible. Yeah, the how she's changed her character as well along the way, you know. And every time, she, it's just I love it. I love her. She's she's fantastic. And uh, well, yeah, she came back from from concussions. She had yeah, she was out of the business yeah. Yeah. for a number of years because of uh, of concussions. So I have a lot of respect for her just for coming back and for mm -hmm. doing everything that she's done. She's a terrific person and a terrific talent. Who would you have liked to have booked that you haven't managed to get? That's a question I'd like to ask you. Is any, anybody... You know, I'll tell you, of, of the people that I have booked, the match that I wish I could have booked would have been Beth Phoenix versus the future Becky Lynch. I think that would have been tremendous. Or Mercedes Martinez versus yes. Becky. Yeah. Would have been Again. tremendous. Yeah. Just the longevity again of you know, Mercedes Martinez as well. Just able able to do it that long. It's testament to them as talents, isn't it? It really is. Really is. Absolutely. I the the one that got away, the one that I yes. I tried to book but but couldn't make it because of transportation issues, was CM Punk. It was supposed to work our first anniversary along with Colt Cabana and Chris Hero. And uh, they just couldn't pull their transportation together, unfortunately. Cabana ended up working for me later uh, as part mm -hmm. of a series of matches with Adam Pierce over the NWA mm -hmm. World Heavyweight Championship, which was a great series. And we hosted two matches in that series, which are uh, uh, out there and available. So uh, uh, one of which is in our uh, NECW YouTube channel. You can look that up. I think both of them are, actually. It's amazing that you had the NWA title on the show. That's what I liked about all that, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And Adam Pierce again, you know, just what, what a talent, what a talent, and doing great things in WWE now. I was always a fan of, of the NWA and keeping the NWA alive. I was very good friends with uh, the late Dennis Corluzzo, the late Howard Brody, who was a very close friend of mine. He was the former NWA president. Um, Bob Trobich, who became later the executive director, he was the attorney that, that kept the NWA alive after all the regional promotions had sort of fallen away. Um, you know, I, I like the idea of the NWA as an association of, of independent promotions. Um, but, you know, the problem with that was that all of these different independent promoters were of, of different levels of quality. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't any cohesiveness to it. So Billy Corgan's taking over the NWA, I think, is a good move because now it's one vision. For better, mm -hmm. for worse, whatever you think of it, it's one vision. I have a lot of respect for Billy Corgan. I think he's done a tremendous job uh, promoting the NWA. And I wish him the very, very best of luck. He's in a, in a, in a difficult position in terms of, of – uh, getting and holding on to talent mm -hmm. in terms of media. I mean, he does the YouTube stuff, which is great. 
But at the end of the day, you really need like a, a national cable outlet or whatever to really put you on a higher level. But look, he's, uh, you know, he's managed to stay afloat and uh, more power to him. Absolutely. I watched power in its inception when they were first coming through, but it's just, it's just trying to find time to watch everything, Sheldon. So I'm kind of like in and out, in and out with these different things because I try and watch a bit of everything, which it's hard. It's just that much wrestling available to us now. That's true. We, we have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to yeah, wrestling. Absolutely. These days. Absolutely. absolutely yeah. you know. There's so much you could spend all day, all night, you know, watching wrestling and not cover all of it. So, uh, you know, that's that's the other challenge if you're an independent promoter is just getting somebody's attention. Yeah. You know, well, uh, that's a hard thing to do. It's almost like territories again, you know, in that respect, all the different places. But in a different, well, I don't know in a if it's territories place. in terms of regions. It's more like territories in terms of towns. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get promoters that run specific towns. Mm-hmm. They maybe have one or two or three or four or whatever, and they run those towns on a regular basis. But it's not like they're running a region or, you know, um, no one's been able to really break through on that level. And I think that's, um, again, it's the buy-in. You know, it takes a lot of money to be able to do that and a lot of infrastructure. And if, if you're just a part-time business, that's almost impossible to do. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. What are your thoughts extending off that? What do you, how do you feel Tony Khan's done? Because, you know, they only set up in 2019 with AEW. What, what are your thoughts on what he's managed to do in a short space of time? Well, you know, Tony Khan has the luxury of having nearly unlimited funding. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can, you can outspend a lot of your mistakes, if you're Tony Khan, if you're Sheldon Goldberg, you can't do that. You make a mistake, you pay for it. That's it. Period. End of story. Um, I wish Tony Khan the best. Mm -hmm. I I think he really needs some experienced hands helping him run AEW. Mm -hmm. I I think he's made a lot of mistakes that a a rookie promoter makes uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of not, not so much on the business side of it, I mean, he's got national television. Uh, you know, he's got an infrastructure, but he wants to do a lot of things himself that really require experienced hands. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I wish him the very best. I, I hope he succeeds for the sake of the industry. He's got a lot of great talent under his umbrella. Uh, he's had a lot of great talent under his umbrella that's gotten away from him, unfortunately. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But again, Tony Khan has the luxury of being, being able to outspend his mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like I say, more power to him. And I hope for the sake of the industry that uh, he, uh, he finds the kind of success that he deserves. Absolutely. What were your thoughts on All In coming to these shows? And did you, did you catch All In? Have you had a chance? I didn't get a chance to see it. I was actually uh, – en route to Las Vegas for the Cauliflower Alley Club reunion. So I really didn't get a chance to see it. Um, I'm going to go back and watch it at some point, but I didn't get a chance to see it, uh, unfortunately. Um, again, it's not enough time for to do all this stuff. To <laughs> watch yeah. everything that I'm supposed to watch. 
I was in attendance. I was there. So, yeah, I just had to go. Uh, but I was happy. I was happy that, you yeah. know, anytime yeah. anytime anybody promotes the show mm. that, that draws those kind of numbers, irrespective of what those numbers are, once you get into that 70,000, 80,000 mm-hmm. fan territory, that's like World Cup, Super Bowl mm-hmm. territory. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's a tremendous achievement. So hats it's off true. to him for that. They and hats off to the talent. They've come from sport, and they they understand that they understand it as well. I, Did I you go? No, I was there. I was there. Had to go. Had to go to it. It was just of once, course once it, when it got announced. It was all of a sudden, really, because they talked about it. I thought they were going to do Fulham Football Club. In all honesty, I never thought they'd do you know the gargantuan Wembley Stadium for the first show. So I was just like, are they going to sell it? And I always had it in my mind. It probably they'd, they'd hit seventy thousand. I said that. And there's some Americans poo pooed me who don't particularly like AW. They said it'll do 40. I said it'll do upwards of 70,000. And uh, lo and behold, that's what it did. So he's, they've done fantastic for their first show on the shores. Incredible, incredible yeah. to me. Yeah. What did you think in terms of attendance? I watch more AEW than I do WWE. Okay. I, I just think it's more interesting to watch. I, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. WWE is kind of this homogenized, I'm, I, you know, hats off to them. I'm not trying to take anything away mm-hmm. from them, but they have a very slick, very smooth, very homogenized product. Whereas AEW, you're going to see some flashes of brilliance here and there. And I just find it interesting. <coughs> what about MJF, Sheldon? Love What's MJF. A yeah. fellow tribesman, but irrespective of that, he's a great talent. <laughs> it's unbelievable, unbelievable. Like the turn, obviously now you know going as a face. It was just they, they've hit they've hit gold with him and Adam Cole, haven't they? But he can't carry it all by himself. You know they they need other guys that that can help carry the day over there, and they've got plenty of people who have the ability to do that. It's just booking them correctly and putting them in the correct kinds of programs and so forth. So I think they're still trying to discover how to do that over there. I think there's too many belts, personally. What are your thoughts on that? I think there's too many belts. I know, I know they've too many belts. Yeah, absolutely. I know, they, I know they've acquired Ring of Honor. I, I get it, cross promoting and stuff. I just think there's a hell of a lot of belts going yeah. on. I, it takes away it, for me. It takes away from the champions. But I've heard other people saying they like all the belts. You know, they're looking at it to, totally different. How me and you are looking at it. Yeah, championships in general don't have the same uh, same aura that they had back in the day. You know, there's just too many of them. You know, it, it's almost like a participation trophy for kids. You know, and they when they have soccer or whatever, they everybody gets a little thing that says that they were that they were in it, whatever. It becomes meaningless after a while. And uh, I think that the the value of titles has definitely... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Decrease significantly over time, which is a shame. 
Who else in AEW do you like? Been nice to hear. Like who else you like? Watching? I like Wardlow. I like. Uh, uh, I like. Um, uh, I like the Lucha Brothers. Uh, there, there's a lot of guys over there. The Adam Cole is a great hand. Um, you know, uh, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, I think, are great. Mm -hmm. They're local guys, mm -hmm. uh, both of whom have worked for me in the past. Um, so yeah, they've they've got a plethora of talent. Um, they really do. They, you know, there's no shortage of uh, of people that could make an impact there if they just let them. I think they've dropped the ball with Wardlow. They put the belt on him, put the TNT title on him. Why not give him a sustained period with the belt? It, it just doesn't make any sense. He was so over. He, yeah. He, he took you know, out MJ, MJF in that match. You know, MJF put him over when MJF was very right. popular with me. And right. he, made, he made him look a million dollars. Why Why didn't they give him a run with that belt? It doesn't make any sense. It's nonsense. To, to give them the benefit of the doubt, we, we don't know what goes on backstage. Uh, of course, of course. We, we don't yeah. know what the behind the scenes of all that is. There, there's so many moving parts to mm -hmm. promoting wrestling, and so many moving parts to uh, you know dealing with talent and so forth. It, it, it's not easy. Uh, you know, you, you never know. There might be issues that we're unaware of. Could be injuries. Could be any number of things. So, you know, again, th there's a lot of things that we that we don't see. What about uh, CM Punk and Jack Perry as well? But Very disappointed that. in that situation. I I was too. I was uh, too. As 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 a wrestling promoter, you have to be able to step in and squash the heat between people. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to manage the people on your roster and get them to do business or get rid of them. One of the two. Um, I think. And again, I'm not there, so I don't know for sure exactly what happened and when. But if it were my company, I, I think I would have been able to squash the heat between people and get them to, to do business in a cooperative way or somebody would have to go. Mm. And uh, I think it's too bad that, that, that he's gone from AEW. He was certainly the biggest needle mover in the company. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that wherever he ends up, if he ends up anywhere, he'll be a needle mover again. Collision was the best show and uh, out of the two. Right off the bat, I mean, even going down to commentary, Kevin yeah. Kelly on commentary, uh, as you say, at the end of the day, he draws. Kevin Kelly was a former matchmaker for New England Championship Wrestling. There so we go. Right, okay. trivial fact there. I like yeah. that. I'm learning. You're giving me stuff, Sheldon. I'm learning stuff. I'm going to keep it in my uh, tool belt, as it were. Absolutely. What what a guy, you know, to see where he was, you know, New Japan, obviously, WWE years years ago as well. You know, he's, he's fantastic on commentary. There's no two he ways is. about he it. Is. He's superb. Yeah. He's superb. I don't mind Excalibur, though. I've got to be fair. I do. I, I, I don't I, think he's good. Oh, right. Okay. We're not agreeing on that we, one. We can agree to disagree, my friend. Okay. Just what in in terms of what what's what's wrong with Excalibur in your mind? He rushes everything. Everything oh, okay. is too rushed. Okay. He he's talking like his pants are on fire. <laughs> and, and, and and that's not the way you do. You got to let you got to let things sink in. You've got to let people mm -hmm. absorb what what you're saying to them. And uh, he's trying to pack so much stuff in in a short space of time. He's rushing everything, and that's not good announcing.
How about Ian Riccoboni? Because he's obviously been doing it a little bit as well. I love Ian Riccoboni. I think he's uh, great. Yeah. He's very good. It's factual, factual stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's. I know, obviously, Kevin Kelly wasn't available, so they brought him through. Shivani is very good. Yeah, he's Taz, still. Taz is terrific. I think Taz is terrific yeah. in color. Sh he's Shivani. the best color man in wrestling. Shivani could still be play-by-play. -play. You know, I think there's too many at the booth at times. In all honesty, I think there's too many voices. I've said that for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Shivani could be your play-by-play, -play, couldn't couldn't he? And 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 Jim Ross. Yeah, you know, a three-man booth is difficult. Mm. Three-man oh. booth is very difficult. I, I don't like more than two. How about my Taz? personal preference? How how do you feel with Taz being on there? What what your thoughts on him? Uh, my thoughts on uh, Taz. Obviously, Taz. Uh, you know, did it for years, didn't he? In WWE. Oh, he's he's fine. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of experience, hasn't he? So yeah, that's that's fine. I like uh, I like Pat McAfee a lot. See, he splits opinion. I personally like him, uh, but other people say he's too much. But I I think he's great. He's just passionate. He's passionate about the business, and it comes yeah. through. But some people some people can't stand him. But that's just life, isn't it? No, I I think he's great. That's I think good. he's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, WWE ha has a, a very their announcing is very, very produced. You know, you've got somebody on headsets telling you things here, there, and everywhere. Everything's laid out for everybody. They have copious notes on everything, mm -hmm. which is that's the correct way to do it. You know, when I was doing announcing for NECW, I'm flying by the seat of my pants. Of course, I know everybody, and I know what the booking is going to be. I know what's happening. So, yeah, yeah, I can it can roll off the tongue for mm -hmm. me, but – uh, the correct way to do it is to have notes on everyone and everything Absolutely. and, and uh, really produce it. And so, but sometimes it's better not to be too produced. You want to have a little bit of spontaneity. You want to have a, you want to capture the excitement of the live event as it's happening. And uh, to be too pat and too slick takes away from that. So I, I when I, back in the old days of WCW, Believe it or not, my favorite announcer was, uh, apart from Gordon Soley, who was phenomenal, was David Crockett. Mm -hmm. Because when you listen to David Crockett, he would get so excited about something that would take place that you couldn't help but transfer that excitement to you. So I, I always thought that David Crockett was very underrated as a commentator. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now I've got a photo here, Sheldon, with a man, an absolute legend from the wrestling business, the Fink. So I'm going to pull this photo up now if it loads up for us. Ah, oh, the Fink was a a great man. It should load up. But I'm trying to, but yeah, the, the Fink. Obviously, you've met him. Just uh, some stories about the Fink, Howard Finkel. Howard Finkel was one of the kindest people that you would ever want to meet. Uh, he was always a great resource. If you called him to ask him something, he always uh, was helpful. Um, he was uh, a, a great friend to me, and uh, I, I will never forget him. He was just a, a, a super quality human being. Not just a great announcer, but a great human being. And that's that's a rarity, isn't it? So you know, yeah, just he's just you don't hear it's another it's another guy in the business you don't hear a bad word said about here. 
and so sad right. so sad when he passed Sheldon yeah very sad very sad fight but yeah um I want to move on now as well what would you say what would you say to young promoters over here in the UK uh I'd say just showcase your best talent do your best to promote your events create that bond with your fan base um that's very important I think that that's a a thing that promoters don't always do. It's important to create a bond with your fans. Um, communicate with them, whether it's email, whether it's snail mail. Uh, I would send postcards every month to everybody on our email, on our, our mailing list. We had a regular uh, postal mail list uh, with like a little miniature poster for our next event. And always tried to, um, when the fans were coming in to the event, I'd always try to be standing at the door, shaking hands, thanking them for coming. And when they left, thanking them for coming to the event, hope they had a good time and so forth. So creating a bond with your fans is, is a very important thing that I think a lot of promoters don't do. Mm. Um, the other thing, too, is, is that people tend to rely on social media. Mm -hmm for promotion and for advertising. You can't do that. Social media is important, no doubt, but it shouldn't be the only thing you do. Uh, again, press releases to local newspapers, uh, postcards to, to your fan base, anything that generates that kind of bond between you and your fan base and you and your community, those things are important to do as a promoter, whether you're on this side of the pond or on your side of the pond. Uh, create that bond with your your fans, and it'll pay off for you. Do you think? Do you think people got lazy? Would I be right in saying that, or is that not is that not a factor at all? I don't think it's it's people being lazy. I think it's people just not knowing. Okay. You know, there's a lot of we were talking earlier about how how there's like a skip generation, and a lot of things that people did to promote shows years ago, just you know aren't weren't passed down because a generation was skipped. So, you know, yeah, you can put up posters in a town and hand out flyers and all that, but you know, there's other things that you can do as well. And, and, and if you don't do them, you're skipping important steps. And I think it, it's, it's, it's a lack of knowledge of that. I've got, I've got a fun question here as well. I've got a couple actually, and it's from Laza in Australia. And he's been seeing your posts about tips, obviously, that you've been putting on Facebook, as we alluded to earlier. So here's one of his questions. Thoughts I might ask you, can I pick your brain regarding this? My dream has always been to be a wrestling promoter slash booker. Love the idea of producing wrestling events, coming up with ideas for wrestling, being creative, etc. Any tips for me? And this is Lazar out in Australia. Okay. Well, greetings to... Uh... Our fan and friend down under, thank you for your question. Uh, the best advice I can give you is to work for a wrestling company. Get experience in a wrestling promotion. Uh, it doesn't matter what promotion. It, it, any independent company will do. Uh, just being on the scene and learning and watching is the best training that you can get for being a promoter yourself. Being a booker, you know, people have to understand you don't start out by being a booker. You, that comes with time. That comes with the ability to relate to and deal with talent. It comes with having that, that, those one-on-one -on -one relationships. Uh, 
So, you know, it, it takes time. Even for me, when I started in 2000, I did not book my own company. I had bookers mm -hmm. uh, up until 2010. Mm -hmm. I, I had bookers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, <clears throat> it, it took me quite a while before I developed the experience uh, of having dealt with talent and dealt with all the issues of being a promoter and being, uh, you know, being in a, a situation where my decisions affected creative, that I was able to gain the experience to actually take on the booking myself. So, so the best advice I can give you is to get whatever kind of experience you can get and just always keep your mind open, learn, you know, go to other people's shows and see what they're doing. You know, be a sponge. You know, there's always something to learn. Even even at this stage in my life, there's always something new to learn in wrestling. So uh, that's my best advice. Good luck to you. Laza, I know there's a lot of promotions around you as well. So, yeah, like as Sheldon's alluded to, get to the shows. I know you've got there's something there for you. So, yeah, definitely. He, absolutely sound advice there, Sheldon. And then he just sent this as well. Also want to give Sheldon Goldberg a shout out for all his great posts, giving tips and advice regarding pro wrestling. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. Glad you appreciate it. Cheers for that, Lazza. Top man, top man. Um, I was going to ask you, obviously, you spoke about World of Sport earlier. Who were some of the guys that you like watching on the old World of Sport? Johnny Saint. Johnny Saint. I love watching Johnny. Les Kellett. Les Kellett, yes, absolutely. Les Kellett was yeah. an artist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh, God. Uh, oh, Wayne Bridges was good. Um, uh, Brian Maxine. Uh, uh, you know, I, I was a big fan of all of it. You know, it, Rollerball Rocco, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, that stuff, man. You know, it, it's funny. When you grow up in a certain area, the wrestling that you grew up with is what you're used to. So when you see something new and different, you know, it intrigues you. So see, I didn't get to see World of Sport probably until at least 2000, mm -hmm. believe it or not. That, that's when it started showing up. Mm -hmm. uh, when it, you got uh, um, tape traders who could uh, put them in uh, N NTSC format so that we hear on in the U.S. Yeah. could see them. So, yeah. And, of course, there's a lot on YouTube. Yes. Man, so I, there, there's a level of artistry, and I, I always had a great regard for British wrestling. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. No. Uh, Billy Robinson and. Uh... Les Thornton, people like that, you know, Dynamite Kid, Davey Boy Smith, of course, you know, and some tremendous, tremendous talent. I, I had a chance to uh, meet uh, William Regal at a, a WWF dojo show in Massachusetts in a building that I ended up running later. Wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, 
they were uh, Kurt Angle was on that show. I think it might have been one of his first shows. Uh, the Hardy Boys. And uh, he and I were sitting in the, it was standing in the back on a fire escape, talking for an hour and a half about <laughs> British wrestling. Yeah. He's unreal. I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting him twice at WrestleCon. And it yeah. was funny. My, my friend, we were queuing up. There was about four people in this queue ahead of us. He was working WrestleCon, which I didn't quite understand. Obviously, Vince had okayed it. So I said, what's Regal doing here? He should be at Fan Access. But he was there. He spots my mates in a Jericho T-shirt. We're four behind in the queue at this point. And he just said, take that silly bloody shirt off. He spotted the T-shirt. He's just sharp. Just sharp as attack, Regal. Yeah. He, he, yeah he was, great, he great, was great guy. He was brilliant, Sheldon. He was so, like, it was great meeting him. And I'll say, I've met him a couple of times. And, and, uh, and I'll hope- tell you, he never forgot me. I saw him at the NWA 50th anniversary uh, event in New Jersey, and he came and walked right up to me and just stuck his hand out and said, so good to see you, and blah, blah, blah. So great, great guy, great guy. He's had, what, what, you know, what longevity he's had when you think when and he's a great started. talent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. Just had, had, the, had the basis over here and then made it work over in the States, didn't he? Mm. Who else did you like watching? Obviously... Within America years ago, who were some of your favorites? In, in the U.S.? Yeah, yeah, in the oh, U.S. Oh, gosh. Yeah. There, there was a ton. Of course, my, when I was growing up, my idol was Bruno San Martino. You know, Bruno was the man. It, it's hard for people who, who didn't grow up with him to understand what a, a an idol he was to people, especially immigrant people. You know, if you were a first-generation Italian immigrant or if you were a Latin American immigrant, you identified with Bruno. He was really, you know, his story is like a real-life Charles Atlas story. He was the 98-pound weakling who came to America, had rheumatic fever and so forth, and became more, literally one of the strongest men in the world. And, uh, you know, you, you look at that classic picture of him, you know, standing there with a you know, looking like a bear, you know, with his, with his championship belt on. That classic picture that was on every Worldwide Wrestling Federation poster in the 60s and 70s, uh, he just screamed world champion. You look at that guy, that's the world champion. That's mm-hmm. him, right? You didn't have to know his name, anything about that guy's a world champion. Uh, and just he was a great man. You know, he was a, a, a class individual. Um, a gentleman. Uh, he had his foibles, but you know he was really a a, a great talent and a great uh, uh, a great wrestler. You know, somebody who uh, again was such an idol. I mean, in 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 Boston, there was a section of of the city of Boston called the North End, which is the Italian section of the city. It's very close to where the Boston Garden is. Mm-hmm. which was our, our big venue for many years. They tore it down and built a new one on the essentially the same site right next to it, actually. So when I was growing up in the 60s, if you walked in through the North End on a night when the Worldwide Wrestling Federation was in town and Bruno was in the main event, the streets would be empty because the fans would be, all the Italian fans would be in the Boston Garden to see Bruno San Martino. That's how much of an idol it was. They used to say that in an Italian person's house, there were three pictures on the wall. 
The Pope, Jesus Christ, and Bruno San Martino. <laughs> he was held in that high regard. Yeah, yeah there you go. Transcended, transcended uh, apart, apart from Bruno, Pedro Morales was a great mm -hmm. champion, very underrated. Mm -hmm. There's not as much video on him as Bruno and some of the others, mm -hmm. and it's too bad because Morales was a tremendous champion. He had a lot of fire. The Latin fans lived and died by him. Uh, of course, uh, Flair, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes was tremendous. Idolized Dusty. Got to know him a little bit personally. And, uh, man, that guy, when he walked into a room – you could you could be wearing you you could be you could walk into a pitch black room, make you reach for your sunglasses. That was Dusty Rhodes, uh, and very brilliant, very 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 brilliant man. Uh, I got a chance to know Luthez, wow, uh, a great man, someone who was at the top of the business from from the nineteen thirties, you know, through the the sixties and seventies. I mean, Luthez. Uh, was very generous with his time. Uh, if you had any question about wrestling in the old days, he would be happy to answer it for you. We got to be friendly. Uh, he was president at the Cauliflower Alley Club when I was on the board of directors years ago, and we got to be friendly over that. So uh, I'll never forget him. Just a, a phenomenal human being and a guy who, who had a tremendous amount of respect. Um, I could go on and on about Absolutely. wrestling. Absolutely, we could talk literally. I know I could give you hours to talk about it. It's, it is, it's great. It's great. What what a gamut of people right there, and you know names within the business. I was actually at um, Bruno's induction in uh, New Jersey in 2013, so it was good going to the Hall of Fame that year. And yeah, what what a man, what a man. Yeah, I love the Hall of Fame, Sheldon. As much as I was there for WrestleMania, just obviously guys from the 80s and 90s that have been inducted that I grew up on. Yeah, uh, Hall of Fame, Sheldon, for me. Everyone says, "Are you are you mad?" They go, "No, I appreciate the history of the business." You know, yeah. absolutely. Well, you know, it's you learn things. It's important. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll you'll That's have it. to you'll have to fill me in on the experience of, of being a fan of Big Daddy. <laughs> he was. I was born. So obviously, when they were doing reruns of World of Sport, probably early nineties. That's when I got to know Big Daddy Giant Haystacks. It was just it just predated me slightly, World of Sport. But yeah, he was uh yeah, he was the man. He was the man over here. He was the uh right, he was the draw. Right, right, right. He was the draw for a big fella. He was the draw. And the queen, the queen watched World of Sport. That's mm. she did, you know, of all people. Oh, yeah. So it was millions, millions of people watching it every week. It's crazy how how big it was over here. And oh, then, yeah. Again, if you were an American fan and you watched Big yeah. Daddy, you wouldn't get it. No, 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 absolutely. Yeah, totally different, totally different. Yeah. I'd like to just extend off, you've touched upon the Cauliflower Alley Club, sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied there. So the CAC and just, you know, your involvement obviously in it and that, yeah, just a great, great organization, isn't it, for the history of the business? Yeah, I mean, I, I used to be on the board of directors. I am not anymore, uh, but... Um, it's a great organization. It's a benevolent organization. Mm -hmm. um, they exist to assist people in the wrestling fraternity that are in need in some way, shape, or form. Uh, it used to be an association of not just wrestlers, but boxers and Hollywood stuntmen and actors. Uh, it was started by uh, an actor who was also a pro wrestler by the name of Mike Mazurki in 1967. 
And uh, Mike was a very well-known character actor and had a lot of friends because he was a wrestler. He had a lot of friends in wrestling and boxing in the fight game. And he used to have a restaurant in Los Angeles. And uh, every week they, he'd have his friends from all walks of whether it was boxing or wrestling or acting or, you know, stuntmen and so forth, all get together and have lunch in his restaurant once a week. And they, they, they called their little gathering the Cauliflower Alley Club. And after a while, it became an actual nonprofit organization. Um, if, if you may have heard of the name Haystack Calhoun. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Aware of well, him. Yeah. Well, when Haystack Calhoun died, there wasn't enough money to bury him. And the Cauliflower Alley Club paid for his funeral. So that, that was sort of the beginning. If, if a guy was down on his luck or in need, these guys would get together and they would help out a person. And then it became sort of a formal nonprofit organization. And now it continues on today with uh, B. Brian Blair as president, who does an excellent job. And it, it's more wrestling focused than anything else. But uh, it, it's quite an experience. If you've never been, I highly recommend it. I'd love to, if I get a chance to come back over, I'd love to come over for that. And uh, I had Barbara Goodish on last year, so I know she attends it and she's keeping Bruises' legacy going. So it was nice. Uh, it's just lovely what an organisation it is, it's, you know, as you've just said then, what they do for the yeah. wrestlers. Because it's it's hard. It, life's hard from after, isn't it? it, it the Kaifar Alley comes like a big dysfunctional family reunion, if I can put it like that, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's called the ring of friendship and for a reason. And uh, it is friends all getting together. Uh, it, it, it's a great experience. The, the people you meet, the contacts you make, the networking, uh, and, and just the, the, the fun time breaking bread together and hanging out with people. Uh, you can't beat it. So I highly recommend it. Fantastic. No, I'm glad I asked you about that as well. Sheldon, where can we find you on social media and just anything you'd like to promote before we go? Sure. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Sheldon Goldberg. You can also find our NECW wrestling page, which is NECW wrestling. That's on Facebook as well. Uh, on Twitter or X as it's now called, you can find me at NECW. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Sheldon Goldberg 311, I think it is, or whatever it is, whatever. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's where you can find me. I've got a couple of projects in the works I'd like to mention. One is a novel that I just wrote. I've seen this novel. I've seen some yes. bits. I have, yeah. it, is, it is called The Last Fall, and uh, I hope it's going to come out sometime before too long. I'm working on getting it published right now. Uh, it is on a wrestling theme. And uh, hopefully people will enjoy that. And then there's another project, an NECW project, which is uh, New England Championship Wrestling, The Lost Matches Live. And what that is is we're, we're going to put together a program of, of, of lost matches uh, from New England Championship Wrestling, and we're going to show them live in a theater with a Q&A afterwards. Wow. wow, incredible. Yeah, so that's something that I don't think anybody's ever done before, and I thought it would be kind of a, a cool and fun project to do. So look for that, and uh, uh, maybe another NECW show coming down the pike at some point pretty soon. I got contacted by a group that we had done a couple of fundraisers for over the years wanting me to do another fundraiser for them. And for something like that, I'd be willing to come off the bench and, and do that for them. 
get but your uh, I, as far as running wrestling on a regular basis again i i, I don't know no. No. i'm enjoying my my, my semi-retirement good good on you as well good on you absolutely deserve it sheldon thank you so so much for coming on today i've learned i've learned loads of stuff especially about the history of necw and yeah just thank you for coming on thank you for sparing the time and yeah it's just been fantastic having you on Stu, it's my pleasure it's been a long time coming but well worth the wait and uh much much love to you my friend thank you come so and visit much. us I, I need to come to Massachusetts. I've been all over America, but not I've not been in Massachusetts. I've been in New York a couple of times, New Jersey, uh, the West Coast, down south. I've been in Georgia, New Orleans, all, all for WrestleMania. But yeah, Boston. Yeah, we, you can come over. We can show you all the places where the Americans beat the British. <laughs> I, was waiting, <laughs> I was waiting for you to stick the knife in there. Absolutely. Oh, I, I, I only do so with love. I, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to go and see the Celtics play. Uh, I'd like to go and see some hockey. It's uh, on my on my list to come over at some point. Absolutely. I, I want to go before I give a shout out to all my friends in the UK. Love you, folks. Hopefully, I'll get over there one of these days and uh, see you live and in living color in public, absolutely. if you will, as Dusty Rose would have said. We'll, we'll have you with open arms, absolutely. My guest today for episode 155 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast, all the way from the East Coast in America, Massachusetts, it's Mr. Sheldon Goldberg, owner-promoter of New England Championship Wrestling, and so much more within the wrestling business. Thank you so much for coming on Stu's Wrestling Podcast today, Sheldon. It's been an Thank you, my pleasure. friend. Much appreciated. Take care, mate. Thank you. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.